You're listening to Cinema Geekly Premium, premium podcast from premium people. Thanks for your support. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! I left this city unprotected by giving up my powers to Zoom. I enabled him to rule this earth. Last thing we need is more metahumans. I need my powers back. How would you do that? By recreating the particle accelerator explosion. The last time he was in a coma for nine months. I know what I'm doing. This could kill my son. I have to do this. Another episode of the legendary Flashing Arrows of Tomorrow, where each week Glenn and I sit down to discuss the DC triple shot on the CW. Uh, yay! There's more than one person on the podcast this week. Hi, Glenn. Hey. If you you haven't subjected yourself in, to listening to like last week's episode, did you? Because I hope not, for your sake. No, no, I didn't listen to it. All right, that's good. I recommend nobody listen to it. I saw, the, like, the other day that it had almost, like, uh, 200 reach or something on Facebook. I'm like, God, I hope not all those 200 people listen to it. <laughs> it, was no, it was no fun. Technical issues abounded. Uh, no time to get anybody else on the show. And I recorded it solo because there's no way in hell we're going to double up on this show where we have to talk about six episodes. That's just not going to happen. Uh, so I did it on my own. And... Boy, oh boy, was that no fun. It's like reading stories to nobody <laughs> at all and having conversations with people who weren't there. Uh, not a good experience. But hey, if you want to, uh, if you're one of those people that don't really get bothered by awkward situations, then by all means, give it a listen. Uh, but this week, we're fully back. We have more than one host. We've got three shows, and I think they were pretty much all hits, I want to say. A couple of them, I thought, were really good. Uh, what would you? I'm guessing you were talking about Arrow. What did you describe Arrow as? Oh, uh, it's a sacrifice fly. A, a sacrifice fly. <laughs> That's right. Uh, now it's a sacrifice fly, right? Like he uh, he flew out, but the run scored. So this isn't like yeah. a sack bunt where he's moving a guy up to second base. No, no. Okay, not. It's not quite that bad. All right. Uh, well, let's start. Let's start with the Flash. It's season two, episode twenty. It's called Rupture. Uh, with Barry still powerless, the team rigs a hologram of the Flash to try to stop crime around the city so that no one finds out the truth. Unfortunately for them, this hologram can't go into buildings or talk to people. Uh, it can kind of barely do some of the things that Barry can do in the most vaguest of fashions. And if anybody were to look at this Flash hologram for more than, I don't know, five seconds, they would realize... That it was a hologram because it also kind of glitches in and out uh, of existence. I'm not sure how anyone couldn't have figured that out, but uh, nobody had up until that point. Uh, Harrison Wells again proposes recreating the particle accelerator explosion to give Barry his powers back. Uh, Barry's still not down with this idea and goes to see his dad, Henry, for advice, who comes back with him to Central City. Henry argues with Harrison over this procedure for returning Barry's powers, concerned about his son's safety. Meanwhile, Zoom and Caitlin arrive back on Earth-1, with Zoom declaring the city under his control. Uh, 
Meanwhile, Cisco has a, a vibe about his brother Dante and goes to hang out. Uh, like, I guess they meet up at a bar or something. Yeah. And uh, they're still, despite their experience, uh, despite their experience earlier, I don't, was it this season? I think it was last season that the, that it happened. I can't remember with his brother. Um, there's last year, I think. Yeah, it was one of the earlier Golden Glider episodes. Yeah, they're still they they have still not reconnected. Uh, the Earth Two version, though, of his brother Dante Ramon shows up. Rupture. Uh, he's a villain, everybody. He has uh God, what is it that he, did he ha- is it like a scythe? What the hell is it that he has? I can't figure out what his weapon is. It's a uh, it's a it's a scythe. Yeah. It's a which he powers with some sort of red energy thing. He's a dangerous farmer or something. I'm not sure. Uh, he arrives on Earth One looking to kill Cisco for killing his Earth Two brother, uh, which of course was the name that I can't remember now. It was Vibe uh, Cisco was Earth One Cisco was Vibe and Earth Two Cisco was hit me with it, Glenn. You remember? Reverb. Was it Reverb? I'm sorry. I, I kind of zoned out. Earth 2 Cisco. Yeah, Reverb. Reverb. Uh, Zoom sends Rupture after the police to send the city a message. Barry and the police, however, stop him. Zoom arrives and kills the officers himself. And uh, he also kills Rupture for fucking up. Uh, He then publicly... You could die like your brother. That's right. He then publicly announces the Flash's disappearance. He's like... This is just a hologram. You people are looking at it's glitching right now. Uh, and uh, realizing that he can't stop Zoom without his powers, Barry finally agrees to Wells' plan. During the process, though, Barry is seemingly vaporized by the speed force. And uh, dun, dun, dun. speaking of not getting out of the way of the speed force quick enough, Jesse, quick. Hmm, I wonder if that has uh, some sort of implication about what might happen to her in the future. And Wally West are caught in the midst of the blast and are both hit by the Speed Force. Double dun-dun-dun. What did you think of the episode, Glenn? I liked it. Me too. Yeah, it was a good episode. I was wondering, I was like, oh, okay, so they're trapped in the room. Somehow the Speed Force... I thought maybe it might go through the antenna. Mm -hmm. And... It got redirected to that room. Yeah. Because maybe the other Eobot... Not the other, but the Eobot Thawne may have... uh, Have it kind of routed that way. Because Mm -hmm. maybe that's how he was able to keep siphoning up his speed force. So maybe if lightning, if there was a storm, it would go through there. And he could like hold it and charge himself like he did with that thing that he had. But, uh, yeah, it was good. I can't believe that they va- uh, vaporized uh, Barry Allen. I did not expect that to be the ending of this episode. No, me neither, to be perfectly like, honest. I looked up and I was like, oh, what the fuck? I'm like, oh, it's like that, uh, it's like in Flashpoint Paradox, where Bruce Wayne, like, or not yeah. Bruce Wayne, but Thomas Wayne, like, puts yeah, him in a chair. Yeah, except not nearly as entertaining as that, because that was oh, great. no, because he puts him, like, out on his front lawn and like, a. <laughs> in a chair and like just hooks him to all sorts of shit and then watches him get uh get electrocuted yeah. waits for lightning breaking. to strike him yeah, that's right uh but yeah it was crazy i i was not expecting that i mean obviously he's not dead uh we saw the previews for next week so we know he's not dead but he appears to be inside the speed force 
I guess. It's like in a parallel dimension is kind of what they said. They kept saying dimension. Mm -hmm. I can't get him out of that dimension. So I I just assumed it was some type of parallel dimension that he was stuck in. Right. So Jesse and Wally are going to be speedsters now. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's why uh, uh, Jesse's last name is so incredibly. Well, her mother is Liberty Bell. Of course, I forgot about that amazing name. Yeah, don't ask me about that origin story. Cause is, it, is it B? Is it B L L E? Because she's very ladylike. Bell. Oh yeah, yeah. And her power is is tied to the vibrations of the Liberty Bell. I was gonna say, like, is her power like constitutional powers? Yeah, she can just grant freedoms to people. I forget what her dad, what her dad's name is, but. I think he's also some type of speedster. I can't remember his name. I, w- I, I would say that Liberty Bell would either have constitutional powers or the ability to heal cracks in bells. But that's it. Like, so I guess some it. type of cock? <laughs> some type of sealant? Yes. Uh, <laughs> for a second there, I was positive you said cock. And I'm like, sure, why not? That could, that could fix the Liberty Bell. Uh... I uh yeah aside from aside from that uh I like the uh Cisco and Dante kind of uh they're they're coming it, hey it only took uh his uh doppelganger from another dimension to show up to try to kill them for them to kind of come together as brothers well I kind of liked it I kind of liked how it's like oh you know you you know usually you know any other show or movie or whatever it's like oh yeah we became friends after that and they're like yeah. What do you think? Us getting kidnapped together was going to fix anything? Oh, we haven't been close for decades, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, no, nothing changed. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was, was, was kind of nice. This was, I mean, you know, this was very clearly like a, a building up uh, episode. I don't know whether or not next week is, I don't think, I think next week might be a payoff because I hear the last two episodes are tied together. The last two episodes of the season are tied together. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a two-parter, but I hear that they're tied together. So I'm presuming a two-parter, which means I think next week's episode might be a bit of a payoff. Uh, I don't think it's going to be more teasing. I think they got to do a payoff to then set up. Well, they show him in the other dimension. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, that being said, I thought this was a, a really standout episode, despite the fact that it was really kind of just like a, a setup for next week's show. Uh, and usually when you get shows like that, it's it's very easy to, to shout filler, but I, this didn't really feel like filler. Important things happened in this episode. Uh, they were just, you know, things that are setting up for a much bigger payoff uh, at some point. I'm, I'm curious to see, I'm curious to see uh, exactly how it is explained, like what, like what happened to him. It certainly looked like he died. Like his suit was like rags. Uh, it was, it was all torn asunder and burnt and shit. So, uh, and isn't that also supposed to be like speed force resistant and shit, uh, as well, his suit. So well, if you get electrocuted, you know, indeed. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's break out the score. Cause we got to talk about arrow next Glenn. So we've got to, we've got to move on and give a, so give a score for, for this here episode. Uh, I like a four. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I give it four. It was good. Uh, the next week's episode, uh, by the way, is the Kevin Smith episode. Oh, cool. Uh, and it was written by Zach Stentz, whom I believe is not on the normal writing team for the show, but uh, he was a writer for the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which was actually not a bad TV show. Uh, he was a writer for Fringe. Uh, he did the screenplay for X-Men First Class and the screenplay for Thor. So the guy knows his genre, uh, and it depends on how you feel about Thor, but First Class is genuinely uh, and widely uh, praised by by folk uh, as a good movie. So uh, I'm curious to see. It's like he's writing it, Kevin Smith is directing it. Granted, Kevin Smith himself has said that basically his job as a director was to essentially cheerlead them and be like, yay, how you do the show is good, keep doing those things. Because uh, that's the power that directors wield on television programs. Uh, not the same as in movies. Uh, we move on. We move on. We talk about season four, episode 20 of The Arrow. Genesis. Or, or Genesis. It's Genesis. There is no length that I will not go to to stop Dark from hurting anyone ever again. It is time to begin Genesis. Stay right where you are. I'm supposed to prep you. Damien Dark returns to Hive and kills the remaining board members. They had board members of Hive? Yeah, they kind of hint about it later on. That's like a, that's like a really bad television. If, if people aren't enjoying Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you really hate board members of Hive. <laughs> coming coming next season on CW, the board members of Hive. Um, <laughs> so he does this before renewing his plans for Gen the Genesis Project, which is not the same Genesis Project from Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan. Uh, Oliver and Felicity meet an immortal shaman, of course they do, named Fortuna, uh, who educates Oliver about dark magic. Uh, Fortuna explains that Damien Dark's idol channels darkness and death, feeding him more power. But there's an Dark opposing darkness. force. No parents. No parents. <laughs> uh, but there's an opposing force that channels light and hope. After a mystical ritual, Fortuna tells Oliver that the darkness inside him is too strong to channel the light. And light. Very Yoda-like, yeah. Have you felt it? <laughs> In Star City, the Diggle locates younger Diggle, uh, but is captured after a brief shootout. Andy puts a tracking device on him, then allows Diggle to escape so that Damien DeHark can, uh, and his team can go after Diggle, Lila, and Sarah Diggle Jr. No good at all. Uh, and, while they're at it, steal a control device to the world's nuclear weapons! bad guys right uh oliver manages to stop dark by challenging uh by channeling the power of the light nullifying dark's powers and forcing him to retreat diggle and andy battle once more ultimately resulting in the death of andy diggle at the hands of his brother john just shoots him shoots him dead yeah, yeah he does uh also in uh, b story thea is taken to a hive secret underground city the team realizes that Dark plans to detonate nuclear weapons 
and build a new world over the ashes. I believe there were no flashbacks in this episode, Glenn. No, there weren't. Uh, I like how the B story is so B story. <laughs> it's literally that sentence. Thea is taken to <laughs> taken by Hive to a secret underground city. That's it. That really is kind of all it was. Uh, uh, what did you think of Genesis? Uh, I liked it. Like we, I, I, um, it was good. To me, it was all the brother, the the Diggle yeah. brothers. Yeah. Oh stuff. God, I, I we were talking about. I can't believe Barry got eviscerated. I couldn't believe they had Diggle just cold cock his brother. And then he lied to Lila about it as well. Yeah. Because uh, he made it sound like he was coming for my gun. I had to do it. Uh, but really, it was him trying to find any excuse to not kill him, and Andy kept pushing him and pushing him and pushing him, and he couldn't take it anymore, and he just fucking shot him. Uh, he sure did. He sure he just fucking shot him. It was pretty. It was pretty cold blooded by the Diggle, by Judge Diggle. He was Judge Diggle right there. He was Judge Jury and Executioner right there. Judge Jury and Diggle, yeah. That's right. He just said double whammy, and then his gun said double whammy back to him, and then he shot him. That's not exactly what happened. But that's something that happened in the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd movie, and I've never forgotten it. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, what, what did you think of uh, the, the, the dark magic stuff with uh, O Fortuna? Uh, and and Oliver, I believe they were expecting a dude, right? And then it's a a girl. Yeah. Uh, we learned. Oh, before that, we learned one of Felicity's other superpowers, aside from being a total badass out of the blue and having absolutely zero judgment as to how to operate within inside the walls of a relationship. We also learned that she's an amazing card player as well, Glenn. What can't she do? She's like donuts. What can't they do? What can't Felicity do? Uh, follow logic to its logical conclusion. <laughs> yeah, follow logic to a natural conclusion. That that is for sure. Uh, I I eagerly await next week's episode when we learn that she knows how to pilot a spaceship. I'm sure that will. I'm sure that will happen. Well, Sarah actually, Lance knows how to. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, come on. That's great. The there's only one fucking lever on that. There's only one lever, yes. Uh, I'm guessing the ship practically flies itself, is my thinking. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, but... Uh, yeah, yeah we'll... the stuff with his brother was great. I mean, but he just kept pushing him and pushing him, like, man, they need to end this scene, because I don't know how he's not going to... Oh, shit. Yeah, yep, yep. He just shot him. <laughs> they should have ended it earlier. <laughs> uh, by the way, maybe scene of the year in any of these shows... Uh, because they have the, uh, they have the, uh, I can't remember the name of the organization that Lila's in charge of now. Argus. Argus. They have the Argus semi-truck. Uh, that they're, number one, I love the fact that they have a semi-truck with, like, a whole bunch of equipment and shit inside it. Like a, like a base, like a mobile base. But I also love that she has Sarah Diggle Jr. in, like, a playpen. In the Argus semi-truck. But no cooler scene has there been... In all of the shows this season, I would say, uh, then then the doors like right right before Damien Dark is about to get them, the doors to the back of the semi burst open, and Diggle comes flying out on a motorcycle with the baby like in a snuggie on his back. 
wearing it like a backpack. They even do like a close-up of the baby's face as like they're zooming on the motorcycle. I think that's like the most dangerous thing I've ever seen, especially with dudes trailing behind them trying to shoot at them. Mm-hmm. I, I can't I can't tell if he's the best parent of the year or the worst parent of the year. Sometimes man's got to do what a man does. That's an F for family joke, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. um, it's a valuable life lesson, too. <laughs> that is true. Uh, yeah, that was such a goofy scene, but I loved it. Uh, and it's like, how how are they going to? Because uh, Lila's like, look, you've got to take you've got to take Sarah. You've got to get out of here. They want me. Uh, and I'm like, how are they going to get out of this moving? How are they going to get out of this moving semi-truck, like, with the baby? And he comes bursting out the back. Yeah, I was like, did it just happen to park above a manhole and they get out when, like, one of those dumb things? Right. Nope, he just busts out the motorcycle I haven't seen anywhere in that room. It was so goofy, but I loved it. I don't know. Uh, this was this this was a good episode. Oh, and he thought that the baby was a pile of guns. That was, that was great. <laughs> of course. Uh <laughs> I thought it was weird that the baby was shaped like a pile of guns. It turned out to be a pile of guns. guns. Yeah. That was weird. Like, when did she do that? Like, as soon as Diggle took her out, he's like, I'm going to make him think the baby's in here by putting a bunch of guns under something. Yeah, by me hiding all of the guns I need under this blanket. Because it'll for about five seconds, it'll fool him, and he'll think the baby's in there. Well, I hope my teenage daughter listens to this, and she thinks that that's a good way to try to sneak out of a room at night is to just put a, a pile of guns under her blankets and it'll fool us completely. Uh, <laughs> all right, so what would you grade uh, Genesis? Uh, I'd give it like a four. Like, it was good. Mm-hmm. I I liked it. You know, it was... The most fun episode of the Even show. like the Thea thing, I was kind of like, well, this is strange. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, like, the cornfield and stuff, but I wasn't thinking that bunker because they just kept showing a cornfield. But I didn't know he actually built, like, suburbia in the ground. Mm-hmm. And they can rise up as mole people, and then they'll have to fight Godzilla. Um, I gave it a... I couldn't bring myself, after all this time, to give an Arrow episode four. I gave it three and three quarters. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame you. It, it's it's probably... Oh, worse. oh, okay. You know, you're right. Three and three quarters, that's what I'll give it. Because, again, the Felicity stuff, like, how is she all of a sudden his best friend now? And yes. now all of her talks about is how much he loved Laurel and how he's going to avenge Laurel to her face. Mm-hmm. How Laurel was, you know, that one that he loved, you know, got away kind of thing. Yep. And they need, if they really want me to believe that Black Canary's dead, how about you don't put Kate Cassidy's name as second billing? Was it still in there? Yeah, it was. Jeez Louise. And I don't know if this episode was. But I know the Flash was. Uh, yeah, 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 because he's done Flash Arrow and he did last week's DC Legends. Mm-hmm. Kudos to Gregory Smith, the kid from Small Soldiers and one of the kids that gets brutally murdered by Jason Isaacs in The Patriot. <laughs> like, kudos. He was, I uh, saw the name and I was like, was he oh, one that's of... the kid from Hocus Pocus, but it wasn't. It's a was different he, kid. Was he Mel Gibson's kid? Yeah, he was the first son that gets shot on his front. Oh my god, that's right. Yeah. Huh. Well, I'll be good yeah. for him making something of himself. This is a good episode, Greg. Well done. <laughs> yeah, some good uh, camera angles, like some really clever setup shots. Like when they go to the uh, when they're in the when they're in the uh, cantina and they're doing like a transition, but it transitions to, like to a waitress and then it goes into. That. I was like, oh, that's that's good. That was a good good shot. Nice setup. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, a, a good episode this week. Better than most, for sure. Uh, all right, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, Season 1, Episode 14 of Legends of Tomorrow, called River of Time. As long as Savage is alive and on this ship, he is dangerous. I've lived long enough to watch civilizations rise and fall. There might be a time monster, but I'm a monster of time. And I'm playing a far deeper game than you could ever comprehend. Oh yeah, we get to the home run, the bat flip. This was a this was yeah this this was a Jose Bautista level bat flip, uh, as well. Uh, holy shit, this is a good episode. Let's talk about it. Uh, upon the revelation that the giant robot technology uh, from last week's episode was from the distant future, showing that Savage is indeed manipulating time. Rip believes the Time Masters will finally sanction his mission and sets course for the vanishing point. Jefferson fixes the damage to the time drive, but is exposed to time radiation, which is slowly killing him by aging him. Uh, Stein is forced to send him back to 2016 in the jump ship to reverse the process. But you're going to die without me, Gray. I brought you onto this ship. It was you so know, good. And he, I'm gonna take you off of this shit. I lived a good life. Tell my wife I love her. That sort of stuff. Awesomeness. Uh, Carter, uh, is, future Carter, is kept prisoner while Kendra tries to restore his memories, causing a rift between her and Ray, which effectively ends their relationship. Meanwhile, imprisoned Vandal Savage attempts to manipulate each of the team members, which allows him to eventually escape his cell after getting to Ray Palmer. Uh, just as Savage is about to kill Kendra, Carter regains his memories and saves her. Excellent timing. But is stabbed by Savage before Kendra knocks him out. The team arrives at the vanishing point, where the Time Masters reveal that Savage has been working with them all along, and they are going to be sending him back to 2166 to carry on with his plans. And Rip and the team are put under arrest. Your thoughts on this excellent episode. This show's been getting better and better, by the yeah. way. The last three episodes have all been really good. Uh, it was great. I mean, talk about... You know, they were pretty predictable, but twists and turns, you know. Mm-hmm. It was it was a good... It, it played like a comic book, and the fact that, you know, you have your cliffhangers right before a commercial break, that kind of thing, like you would on an issue break. So... It was just well done. I mean, I love the stuff with Jefferson and, and uh, Stein. And, I, you know, I watched this episode. Not that, you know, they have the greatest actors. Brandon Routh was a little slacking on this episode. Yeah. But I think it's because they kind of wanted him to do They made Ray Palmer the dumb Ray Palmer that he was in Arrow for this episode. And it was kind of annoying. Yeah. Uh, but... Eh, they kind of needed him to be, though. I yeah, mean, no, they did. They did. But it was just kind of like, oh, okay. But I want to know who the casting director is for whoever the the current casting director is for 
all of these shows, especially Flash and DC Legends. Yeah. And they need to be the ones, because I can't imagine them doing any worse of a job than the casting director for these movie <laughs> releases. Because yeah. they only, in my opinion, they only got two right, and that's Jeremy Irons and Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. And I want to know what that casting director could do with a bigger budget. Yeah, because they he they that whoever that person is, he or she definitely found some talent uh, in these TV shows. I mean, they took characters I outright loathed in Captain Cold and Oh Wave. yeah, yeah. I loathed them. I thought they were annoying. I thought I I couldn't get past the cadence of speech, and it just it felt so cheesy during the first season of Flash. Um, and God, they're they're my two favorite characters on this show. I love them each week. Just I light up every time they're on screen. I'm like, what awesome thing are they gonna say now? Oh, and then they say something awesome, and I go, that was awesome. So Chrono said, "Kiss my ass." <laughs> uh, even even at the end when they come in and uh, they're like, hey, uh, they come in on Mick Rory, uh, all the Time Master police or whatever, and they're like, oh great, uh, he's a uh, he's in the cell down the down the hall or whatever, and they're like, no, you're under arrest. And he's like, oh, if I had a... What do you say? He's like, if I had a dime for every yeah, time I, I heard a, that. Yeah, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Uh, so good. And Snart's like, him and Sarah just kind of sitting there. He's like, we need to hide. She's like, why? He's like, no, we we need to go somewhere. Something's not right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So who's not captured? Them two? It's Snart and Sarah, I think, were not Snart, captured. Sarah, and Jefferson. Was Jefferson not captured? Well, because he was put off on the jump ship. Oh Jefferson, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'll 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 have to be coming back, right? Yeah, I don't think he's gone. Of course. I mean, I know the rumors have been that they would use a rotating roster, but yeah, I don't know. I really like all these characters. I don't want them to leave because they have really good chemistry with each other. I think that's a good sign, though. Like if they take a character out, it will mean something. Yeah, uh, no, you're right. I'll actually uh, give a shit if a character goes away. That but but the nice. thing is, like, as the show's been going. It feels like it's been a slightly improvisational in the way some of the characters have been developed. Mm-hmm. And I think the best example of it would be Snart and Sarah Lance. Yeah. Because they have really good chemistry together. Yes. And you can tell like there's a big shift in the way the show is being written, like how their characters are, mm-hmm. uh, than what's in the beginning. Now I understand like, you know, those kind of maybe that was hopefully what they oh, let's get another love triangle in it or a romantic relationship we can build this this can be the slow burn uh but it feels like you know putting it on that bet early it's paying off now because they really do have good chemistry together i love it when i mean pretty much snart with anybody is is good i i don't know what i don't know what it was in the flash but man wentworth miller he's like the all-star of this show he's so good yeah he is He's really good, and he, you know, he probably has the hardest job because he has to play everything so straight yep. and so dry, yep, and get his point across at the same time. Yeah, like, and, and he's one, and he's wandering the line between a uh, guy who's kind of a villain, but also not that bad of a villain. Yeah, like he's sort of this in between where like Mick Rory's got a little easier because he's just a flat out bad guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's the best. He doesn't even have like a heart. He's got like a heart of silver, maybe. It's not a heart of gold. 
Bronze. Yeah, Heart of Bronze. Like, every every now and again, when the sunlight hits it the right way, it shines a little bit, and he's not such a dick. Oh, like when he told Ray, he's like, hey, haircut, what? I don't... <laughs> If you do that again, I may just be the one that kills you. Right. <laughs> Talking about, and oh, like in the in the scenes with Vandal Savage, like I just keep watching them and I keep thinking, like this guy is really good, and I'm like, I want to, I want these people to have a chance in a movie because I don't know if they're big enough stars for it. Because that's the thing with like, I think the guy who plays Vandal Savage, he plays it so well for the show, and. Yes. I want to see him in a bigger stage because I want to see if that can get portrayed in, in, in a in a movie, like on a bigger scale. Because I don't know if he would quite work in a bigger scale, but on a TV show, like he's a great villain. Like mm-hmm. he's just a fun bad guy. I, I mean, the scene at the end was great, where he's talking to. I, I oh, so the, here's something I didn't mention. They kind of they kind of did this uh, this. Uh, kind of very loose theme where they show like at the beginning, they show a flashback to ancient Egypt when Rip tried to go back in time to kill Savage before he ever even became immortal. Uh, and it's him Savage talking to Rip in prison. Uh, and then they have Rip talking to Savage in prison aboard the wave rider. And then at the, the last scene is Rip once again in prison by the time masters and Savage talking to him and he tells them that he can't wait to meet his family. And yeah. you got like a really enraged Rip Hunter pounding and screaming on the cell door. It was a really I love when he's like, episode. "It's bothered, it's bothered me for three thousand years." But how did? There was no tricks. There was how did you get out of that cell? And I just love that. I love the idea. Like he, that is the one thing that's bothered him yeah. all these centuries <laughs> and over what you know, he's gone through almost two millennia. You know, trying to he figure talked, out. He talked about all the children that he, yeah, because he was like, uh, oh, so you. And it was kind of sad, but you're like, yo, he's still a piece of shit. He's but. like, oh, so you lost your kid. He's like, I've lost like hundreds of children and stuff over my lifetime. But yet the thing that bothers him the most is how did you get out? And it's because he had like whatever it was like a. a he was, yeah, a he had been in the Philippines. In like the yeah. 30s or something. <laughs> when, when he was in World War II, it was just some trash trinket. And he actually came in hand. Wow. Actually came pretty handy. A uh, hilarious moment of the show, however, goes to Carter regaining his memories and saving Kendra and being like, "I'm back, guys!" and then is immediately stabbed. I thought I was going to say, "Please tell me he's not dead." I thought he that was is dead. really stupid. My, I mean, my daughter was watching it with me, and he stabs him, and she goes again, <laughs> like right away. Yeah. Like holy crap! Um, no, he's not dead though. No, he's not. I uh, guess he'll be back in the main cast. That's good. But Again, it, I really liked their relationship. Like, instantly, they had really good chem. And again, they have a pretty hard job to do because Kendra's like, she has to love him and not love him at the same time. Right. And make it believable and not pure schlock. Because it was pretty schlocky at times. Yeah. But towards the end, and I guess it's been her not being with him, is made me be like, yeah, I kind of miss Carter. He was kind of cool. He really was a good guy. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I, uh, there was a, a slight discrepancy where they're like, look, he's always been a part of this team. And I'm like, well, not this Carter. This Carter's from 2166. Yeah. Like, he's not a part of this team. Like, the Carter from 2016 was a part of this team, but he's dead. Yeah, um, he's de- and this one is probably uh, several regenerate, you know, like several yeah. uh, regenerations, like after uh, after the 2016 one died. Uh, so, well, I, yeah. you know, I was thinking about how he kept him to at his side. 
So did he just live multiple lifetimes without uh, becoming aware? Like maybe Vandal Savage just didn't kill him because he can't get the power without him being. Yeah, because yeah, he can't kill them without them knowing who they are. That's right. right. There'd be no Kendra either because she left the timeline. Yeah. She's traveling through time. So uh, interesting. Uh, this uh, this episode had uh, one of my uh, high rating triggers in it. Some things, if I see something uh, in a show. Uh, it automatically gets a, a high rating just for its existing. Uh, in this case, uh, this episode happened to play my absolutely favoritist piece of classical music of all time, which is Beethoven's Seventh Symphony. Uh, uh, Rip is playing it in his quarters or whatever. Uh, I can't remember if it's him and Sarah having a discussion or something, but he's playing it like on an old record player. And I instantaneously realized it. I'm like, holy shit, I, I love that piece of music. And I was like, this is a four, four Geeky Glasses episode just for including my favorite piece of classical music of all time. Uh, although it didn't, need, it, it didn't need that song's help to make this episode great. It was just a great fucking episode. Uh, so that being said, let's move on to the scores, Glenn. What would you give River of Time? Uh, I mean, do I want to say five? No, it, a very strong four and a half. I gave it, I gave it four and three quarters. Uh, I almost wanted. I almost wanted to give it a five two. I don't know if we're going to get another. There's only two episodes left, I think, this season, and I don't know if we're going to get a five in between now and then. So I was kind of, I was kind of hinging on it. But the the way this show has been picking up momentum these last three episodes, I feel like we might get one because this has been a a really good run that they're on right now. Uh, it's even kind of blown away Flash at the moment for me, and I'm I've I've definitely been enjoying Flash all season long. And it's a much stronger season than season one was. Uh, but holy cow, something about this show is really working for me. Uh, I don't I don't know if we've given a bad rating to an episode. I think the lowest we've done is like a three, maybe. I think, may- yeah, maybe there was like a, a, a just okay episode. But by and large, the show has been really good. I can't wait for more. All right, we'll come back and we'll do more. Uh, next week, more shows. Actually, you know what? I should probably double check and make sure that all of these shows, yes... Okay, next week, all three shows. I think we've got all three shows until the end of the runs. Uh, so we're going to be back next week talking season two, episode 21 of The Flash called The Runaway Dinosaur. Season four, episode 21 of Arrow called Monument Point. And season one, episode 15 of Legends of Tomorrow called Destiny. Destiny.